0: The Buck
1: Sexton Show.
0: All right, team, welcome back. We're joined by Matt Continetti. He is the editor-in-chief of the Washington Free Beacon. Matt, great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Buck.
0: So a lot of uh, holdouts, it seems, or or a a fair amount um, in the media who are still hoping somehow, hoping against hope, that this coming Monday the Electoral College uh, will have members who stand up and, and don't vote Trump. Uh, what, what, what do you think about this? I mean, let's like let's play this out a little bit. What would happen if they didn't vote for Trump?
1: Well, I think there would be an insurrection in the country. <laughs> to be perfectly frank, I think this uh, story of the Democrats basically trying to gin up the idea of an electoral college coup uh, against Donald Trump is the most irresponsible, dangerous and lunatic thing to come out of the left in some time. And and here's why. The electoral college is there for a very specific reason. The founders of this country did not want to chain the fortunes of the entire country to the largest population centers inside it. And so they established the system in order to distribute in a very you know rational, common sense way, allocate the votes Throughout, so that you wanted a majority of the states, rather than just focus on the the densest, most populated areas. So that's exactly what Donald Trump got. In fact, he got the best electoral college result of any Republican in basically a quarter century. And yet the Democrats are still in denial about this election, and so the idea that somehow they think they they would overturn the results of this election after Donald Trump had won states no Republican had won in decades, it's, just, it's lunacy. It's, it's, it's a sign that clearly they have not come to grips with this election, and indeed the, the fact that they lost is now unleashing them to succumb to their worst impulses.
0: I mean, you've got even the opinion pages of the New York Times, why GOP Electoral College members can vote against Trump. I mean, that, that was published uh, today. I'm sorry, that, that, that's from today. Uh, these are these people and these platforms and, and media outlets are straight up advocating. It's interesting. On the one hand, when it comes to the Russia hack, it's the, its the dangerous subversion of our democracy, and you know, it's a bipartisan issue. Everybody, we need to all be on the same page with that. But when it comes to the electoral college, meh, democracy, dishmocracy, who cares?
1: Well, these are the same people who, since the 2000 election, have been calling. For the electoral college to be abolished now and indeed there's been calls for that to happen after the 2016 election because it is true Donald Trump did lose the popular vote mainly because of his drubbing in California an overwhelmingly blue state and so how can it make any sense for, for you to say on the one hand abolish the electoral college and then on the other say no, we need the Electoral College to go against the will of the people in the various states and put Hillary Clinton in, uh, despite – it's just it's just so clear. Did, I mean, did you
0: hear the celebrity, uh, the Martin Sheen and oh, company, yeah. saying, oh. don't vote for Trump? We're not telling you who to vote for. It doesn't have to be Hillary Clinton. Just don't vote for yeah. Trump. Well, how is that supposed to work? I mean, do well, we just uh, not have uh, a president? You know,
1: these Hollywood flakes probably think that the Electoral College would put Dr. Jill Stein in or something like that. I mean, it's just – you can get in the weeds here, and it is truly conspiratorial thickets uh, that are pushing this line. But, you know, there's some people who say, oh, well, maybe the Electoral College would somehow bring Kasich in. Kasich wasn't a factor in this election. Kasich made some wrong choi- choices in retrospect about this election and about his relationship to the party and its nominee many people did why on earth would after donald trump picks up these states that no republican has won in decades would electors throw the election to the governor of ohio who didn't even back the republican nominee it's just it it, uh, i have to say it just drives me crazy because Here you are supposed to – the Democrats in the media are supposed to be the guardians, right, of decorum and responsible behavior and principle, right, in contrast with Donald Trump. And yet with this story, with the Electoral College story, they are revealing themselves to be children.
0: You uh, said yesterday in an interview, which is up on FreeBeacon.com, that you view Trump's victory as a repudiation of Obama's legacy. Um, how, How so? And give me some of the specifics.
1: Well, uh, I, I mean, there's not—it's a repudiation in the sense that there's not going to be much of Obama's legacy left after four, four years. You have to think about it. Uh, Barack Obama came into office; uh, he wanted to basically create a new foundation, his words, uh, to the American economy. That included Wall Street reform, that included Obamacare, and that included. Uh, some tax increases, but also it included the alternative energy spending, right? Well, what, what did Trump run, run against? <laughs> he ran against Obamacare. He ran against the environmental policies that have crippled the fossil fuel industry in this country and many jobs that go with it. And he ran against tax increases. He wants to cut taxes. He ran a full spectrum opposition to the Obama domestic agenda. And moreover, he ran against the key part of Obama's foreign policy agenda, which is the Iran deal. So you have a situation, especially now that the Republicans have control of both chambers of Congress, where you can see all of those supposed legacies of Obama being undone by the end of Donald Trump's first term. And moreover, now that we have uh, We'll have a conservative replacement for Scalia, and we might have up to two more justices in the next term, uh, the next presidential term, being replaced by Donald Trump. So there on the court, you would have pretty much a solid conservative majority on the court. This would be a blow to the left, um, unlike uh, really anything they've experienced since Ronald Reagan. And so that's why I'd say it's a repudiation of, of Obama's politics and, and a policy agenda, which was never that popular. Obama was always personally popular and continues to be. It's what he did that was unpopular. And Trump basically ran on a pledge to undo what Obama has done.
0: Matt, uh, we've been talking a lot on the show about the Russia hacks in the election. I just wanted to get uh, sort of your, your overall take on on where that is now and how much of it a big deal we should treat, uh, whether we should treat it as a big deal. Or what do you think?
1: Well, it's certainly a big deal. Uh, cyber is an incredibly important part of uh, overarching national security strategy and challenges that America faces. And I don't think there's any doubt among the intelligence community that the Russians interfered in the election in terms of some of this hacking. Where the dispute is, is whether they explicitly interfered with the intent of electing Trump. And there, there is much less certainty. And the Democrats have seized on one CIA assessment to senators that it was classified and leaked to the Washington Post, which is the kind of now the Tribune of the Trump opposition opposition to Trump, they've seized on that one assessment to say somehow that Putin is responsible for Trump's election. And that is just going way too far, in my view. Uh, And we also have to say, okay, why was Russia able to hack into some of these systems? It's because the Obama administration has done nothing in eight years to respond to or deter Russian and Chinese cyber attacks. And if you go into the details of some of these stories that appear in places like the Post and the New York Times, you'll find many Democrats blaming Obama for not doing enough (laughs) to counteract these cyber intrusions. Uh, And so I'd like to see an investigation of the Obama cyber policy as well as an investigation of what Russia was up to. And and it's meaningless if it's not actually – met with some type of response and so i'd like to hear some more from the democrats about what they intend to do in the future what is their preferred counter cyber strategy they're not talking about that all they're doing is trying to cast doubt and illegitimacy on trump's election
0: yes i mean i think that is the key point uh I've said this before on the show, but I'll just tell you this: my, my sense of this is, they keep saying it's about an investigation. Okay, well, we we already we're told that we know that it was Russia. In fact, as of today, we're told we know that Putin specifically, out of a grudge against Hillary, was pushing this whole thing. So, if we already know it's Russia, we know it was a Putin grudge. We know how they did it. The investigation, okay, fine. What what are the Democrats who are claiming? I mean, it's bipartisan too. We got John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and others, but specifically the Democrats who are crying out for an investigation, what do they think they're going to find? We're, we're being told that they already know basically everything that happened, and there's no way to prevent uh, somebody from emailing you and saying, hey, I'm your system IT, You know, I'm your system administrator, give me your password. If you give them your password, they're going to hack into your emails.
1: Well, the goal isn't to find anything. The goal is to have a report come out six months from now, or nine months from now, that will create another news cycle about... Russia and Trump and cyber that will disrupt politics and disrupt whatever policy agenda the Trump administration is pursuing. That's the goal for many of the Democrats. Now, obviously, John McCain, Lindsey Graham are interested in, in, in what has happened and probably would be more open to what I suggested, which was also look at our failure to respond over the years to these hacks. You know, What, what did we do when China hacked the uh, Office of Personnel Management database? We, I think, for all I can tell, we came to some sort of gentleman's agreement with China. <laughs> well, that's not going to hold up in the, in the coming years. And we certainly, with the Russia thing, it's explicit in that original Washington Post story. Obama administration officials did not want to respond to the Russian hacking because they were afraid of what Russia might do in response. That's no way to conduct national security policy.
0: What do you think of Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State, by the way? That's also gotten a lot. That not only is getting a lot of attention just because of the whole big business and people are upset that he's helped bring so much fossil fuel out of the ground, which I think is bizarre and, well, that's a separate discussion, but also his ties to Putin means that it ties into this whole story about Russian influence in the election and people are sort of conflating all these things or bringing all these things together.
1: They are. Uh, I think Tillerson is eminently qualified to be Secretary of State. Uh, he ha- I th- also think that it's a good thing for a Secretary of State to have pre-existing relationships with world leaders. I mean, diplomacy is built on relationships. I think there are a lot of questions about Rex Tillerson's worldview. You know, he really doesn't have one. He's really spent his career at Exxon, and all of his public comments about foreign affairs are related to Exxon's interests. And he has been very frank in the past when asked about specific details of foreign policy. He says, look, I I don't know much about that. I'm going to leave that to other people. I know what's good for Exxon and what I'm trying to do for shareholders. So he has been skeptical of sanctions, that is for sure, as the CEO of Exxon. And, of course, he does have a a good personal relationship with Vladimir Putin. Now, I happen to think that one can have a relationship with Putin and also think that Putin is – acting contrary to America's interests. The two can go together. But what will be important at the hearings is how Tillerson handles questions that aren't even tied to Putin. What does he have to say about the Syrian civil war? What does he have to say about the South China Sea, North Korea, and uh, nuclear weapons? What does he say about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? What does he say about Africa policy? Uh, what does he say about Venezuela, All of the, Cuba, all of these global hotspots that the Secretary of State will have to deal with in the next four years? He has to have good answers, I think, to reassure Republican senators that he's up to the job. I happen to think he will have good answers. He's he's very impressive just from a business standpoint. We also know, of course, he loves Abraham Lincoln and was instrumental in the renovation of Ford's Theater uh, earlier in this decade. And um that's a good sign, because I'm a, Le- I'm a Lincoln fan, too. So anyone who's a fan of Lincoln, I, I have good feelings about.:
0: Matt Continetti is the editor-in-chief of the Washington Free Beacon. You can follow him at Continetti on Twitter and read his latest at freebeacon.com. Matt, great to have you, sir. Thanks for making the time. 5.